What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And we come together on a regular basis <laughs> to remind ourselves and you to say yes to spirit. And how long have we been coming together on a regular basis, Tracy? Almost three years. That's a, that's really, that's very cool. At the end of this month that we are recording this session... It will be three years. That is very cool. Yes, and so that makes today our 150th (laughs) show. We should have some drum roll or something. Shouldn't we some sort of, I don't know, happy birthday? Would that be a birthday? Would that be something? Celebration. Celebration. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a birthday. It's not a birthday. It's an anniversary? No. Well, it's our 150th show. (laughs) It's something. And that leads to our theme for today, which is success. Because um, anytime you do something 150 times (laughs) over a three-year period, um, it it has success. It represents success at some level. Mm -hmm. Not perfection. They maybe perseverance. perseverance. Maybe yeah. that should have been the name of the theme for today. <laughs> but no, success is our theme. And if this is your first time listening to us, every week we do choose a theme to focus our conversation. And we always ask the question, what does success, what does saying spirit have to do with that theme? And right. And if you say yes to spirit, how does that influence or impact whatever the theme happens to be? And today our theme is success. But before we get into that, we always, always connect our current topic with the previous topic. And so our most recent show had the theme or topic of kindness. And so in our Connect the Dot segment, we simply pay attention to what might be connection between those themes. <laughs> Kindness and success. That's interesting. So I, when, um, when I think about success, about it in terms of external kind of things, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, which I thought was interesting. When I first thought of success, I always thought, I, I immediately went to external. And when I, we were talking last week about being kind on the outside or externally to people or to others, and then missing link or the importance of not missing the link to being kind internally or to myself. Yes. And when I think about success, you know, again, I have that natural knee jerk to look outside of myself for for signs of success, versus being internally focused. So there's a bit of a 
a, a, a slight thread in that theme. Very interesting. <laughs> you said that almost like you meant it. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to say like any good therapist. Oh, is that, oh, very gosh. interesting. Very interesting, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we'll get to talk about that, and I think that's a great connect, connecting the dots from last week's dot to this week's dot. Um but we will take a one-minute break, and then we'll come back and jump in today's focus on sex, on success. about that and a lot of other things, but let's start out talking about how we even define success, since in the Connected yeah. Dots, Leslie, you were talking about your your immediate reaction was the external right. view of or the external um, affirmation required to know that you've been successful. Isn't it about... Uh, Having the big job and the big house and the pants and the two kids and the fabulous husband, so I've failed on all fronts. Those <laughs> 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 who might know me, <laughs> I could not be less of that definition of success. But isn't that? I mean, I, I, that's exactly where my mind goes to is you know the external um, American dream kind of philosophy or um, trap that that my mind can fall into. Well, and there's no surprise about that um, when we think about how much we are bombarded in the media, in school, from our family members about what is expected of us and who is held up as the example of being successful. Right. You know, so often, way too often, you know, almost all the time, those examples that are held up as the people who are successful 
They have to be mega wealthy or mega powerful, and you're right. They live in certain neighborhoods or certain types of homes or living arrangements, and they they consistently there's a pattern right. over time. And you know, it's um it's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know that I've ever have I said that I'm a lesbian on this radio show. I'm sure I'm I have. Sure you have. I'm sure I had at least one time. But uh, <laughs> it's it's been an interesting thing for me over, I guess I've been living a gay lifestyle for 25 years, and it's been interesting to me to watch, quote-unquote, famous people that, quote-unquote, the gay people we all thought or knew were gay, but they wouldn't come out publicly. And a lot of times after they came out, like Ellen or, you know, eventually Jodie Foster, I guess now, they talk a lot about the idea of not wanting to hurt their career. Yes. And so balancing being authentic in who I am and living a lifestyle that's congruent inside and out versus feeling like I'm going to lose some external success or some you know my ability to make an income or my job. And I very clearly, sadly, but interestingly enough, my my dear mother has very clearly said for years, as a gay person, you won't be able to get a good job. Uh, even that's just her at eighty eight. That kind of is her frame of reference. That gay people just are never going to be successful. And sadly, I think some of that by staying in the closet, many successful gay people have kind of allowed that stereotype that you can't be this high powered. CNN anchor just came out recently, Don Lemon. And, you know, it was really, it's fascinating to watch people kind of connect the idea of being successful in their job and being gay and looking at them as two separate things. And, you know, what's really uh, powerful about even having that conversation is that we have mixed messages because we tell people you can, in, in the United States especially, we tell people you can be anything you want to be and you can have success. All you have to do is, you know, work hard or get the education or do what, you know, the what creates merit. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's so much judgment, whether it's sexual orientation, race and ethnicity, religion, right. um, you know, that still comes into the equation so if if I do these five things and people are comfortable with me, right, you know, then they can see me as themselves, you know, or their daughter or their son or their sister or their cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, that that piece puts a lot of people in a in a trap. Do I value my career success? Yes. More than I value my personal authenticity right. and where how do I find the balance and how do I maintain that balance because I, I would venture to say that what, whether it's sexual orientation or some other dimension of diversity that a lot of people who are not out especially in the workplace or in their career, it doesn't mean that they're in denial it's a very measured move and the example that comes to, to mind, one of the examples that comes to mind for me, and I think I've shared this story on the show before, but you know, I worked with a client 
quite a few years back now and about 10 years ago, and they had an employee who I think might have been a supervisor in housekeeping or a supervisor in, like, the print room, you know, but it wasn't a professional position, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a managed, you know, a high-level manager position. And they liked her, and she'd been with the company for, you know, 25 years or 30 years. Everybody knew her and loved her. But they just thought of her as the quote-unquote, you know, lowly male person or lowly housekeeper, not out of judgment, but that's how they thought of her. And so when she passed, oh right, yes. yeah, when she mm-hmm. passed, a, a group of people from the company wanted to go to the funeral as well as felt that they should because she'd worked there for so long. And they have she, the employee who passed, happened to be African American, and the people who went to the funeral were a mixed group by race and ethnicity, but there were a couple of people who were pretty high level managers who were white. And so they're like, Okay, yeah, we'll go to you know, we'll go to her memorial service and they you know, they blocked out, you know, about thirty minutes to get there and in an hour for the <laughs> funeral. <laughs> And, you know, they had appointments like, you know, two hours. They had a two, two and a half hour block on their calendar. And they sashay in and they're a little intimidated because, you know, they're like hundreds of people who have showed up for this woman's um, service. And it was at the local community center. No, it was at her church. But um, there were hundreds of people. And what happened was they were like amazed. How she knew this many people, and like it was standing room only. And then they had announcement after announcement, a proclamation after proclamation, and people getting up and talking about the impact she had had in their lives. And uh, one of the announcements was that was from the board of directors of the local community center, which happened to be named after her. Uh huh. And, you know, when these leaders went back to their organization, they were like, we had no idea that this woman was so loved and revered in the black community and that she did all of this service. You know, we just thought of her, we had her in this little box in our minds. With those kind of leadership skills and communication skills and mentoring skills, you know, from all the people who stood up and gave comments, she should have been like a VP or a senior VP in our organization using those skills. But because she was black, because she started her career 45 you know, years ago, she fit into the slot of what people allowed her to succeed. And she felt successful. She, she liked her job, but it wasn't her life. Right. And so her success, probably in her mind, was through her community With work, her giving her back giving, into yeah. the community and laying a foundation and, you know, laying, opening doors for the next generation. And she, you know, was not bitter about it. So, I, you know, I'm sure when she passed, she felt she had had a very successful and meaningful life. And if you just looked at career, you would go maybe not. Yeah, and that is that's such a that's such a important thing to remind myself as I'm going in the stereotype career vein when I think of success that that success absolutely really at the end of the day 
I wonder if success and self-esteem have a connection. I'm sure they do. <laughs> self-esteem is connected to everything. <laughs> True that. We just um, we we are doing a self-esteem series at the Dallas County Women's Jail where I do some teaching and looking at the concept of if we have if I have a a, a a whole sense of understanding who I am, the truth of who I am, then the choices I would make would align with that. And um, I would have a sense of well-being regardless yeah. of what externally is going on in my world. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah, there's something about that in success or feeling, you know, feeling... Um, feeling worthy, feeling worthy of success. Whether whether I've actively got the big house and the and the big car and the big job, the 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 internal sense of success of feeling worthy is such a more is much more of a long lasting, you know, looks and money may fade, but how I feel about myself in theory shouldn't uh shouldn't teeter off if I once I get get a sense of who I am. Yeah, and I think that's so important and so related to how willing am I to look inside, right? listen from the inside out about what I want to do, who I want to be in the world, right. how I want to live my life, and then following that. Because then your your self-esteem is high, yes, and that self-directed sense of priorities allows you to really be able to know I am successful because I've been able to do what I wanted to do, even though my mother, sister, spouse, partner, friend, neighbor didn't understand that. In the example of your woman, interestingly enough, she may not have found much real joy in her 9-to-5 job, but her sense of success and sense of joy came from her volunteer work, and she followed that inner knowing her inner little nudge of who she truly authentically was outside of her employment. Mm-hmm. Many times we get kind of maybe have to, you know, quote-unquote feed the kids, so we have to stay in a job that maybe isn't the most fulfilling, but there's other avenues. If I'm looking, there's always avenues to get that inner sense of who I am expressed. Yeah, and in in her particular case, the sense that I got was that she did enjoy, that she found that it didn't have to be either or, that she was clear about what her job was and why she was there because people adored her. Even in the workplace, right. And, you know, she was like, you know, you walk, walk into a new workplace and everybody knows this person and when you meet her, she's warm and welcoming and you know, she was in a service position, right? providing service to people in all departments, but she actually, you know, made that as pleasant as it could be. So for herself, I'm mm-hmm. sure, which she then made that work for other people. I do think, I do agree with you that a lot of times people who are kind of on automatic and they will even say, I don't like my job, I just do it so for the paycheck. And they come in and they have a little chip on their shoulder and they just go through the motions. And then they go home and do something they really love, be with their family, you know, right? do whatever their hobby is. Um, but I don't think it has to be an either or. I think when 
we say yes to spirit, and we're, you know, the job may not be the ideal thing we'd like to do, but because I've said yes to spirit, I know this is perfect and good, and it is part of divine order. It is a part of my best and highest good unfolding in life, right? So if I know that, then I don't have energy in me to just exist. So I show up and get the most out of that, and I'm always looking for, you know, who's the connection for me or what is the opportunity for me. And then I still might have, you know, a practice where I go home and I'm writing three hours a night because my my idea is to write a book. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that is your exact. I, I agree that it, yeah, you look at the the uh, getting the paycheck without having the chip on the shoulder, but seeing it as a means to an end, so to speak, and, again, looking for those ways, those little connections of what does bring me joy. And I wonder if bringing joy into my life and having joy in my life is also connected to success. If I am feeling um, joyful throughout you know, are there indicators? I guess what I'm wondering is, are there indicators that I can say I'm living my authentic life and being successful in doing that? Are there certain things that are kind of a byproduct of that? Do I usually, am I mostly enjoy? Am I mostly feeling um, like I'm authentic, I'm congruent? Am I mostly feeling um, at peace? Am I mostly feeling like I have lots? of lust to give over, like we talked last week about kindness. If I'm not giving myself kindness, ultimately my well will run dry and I won't have anything to give anyone else. You know, In terms of success, if I um, have that internal sense of success, of well-being, well, are there certain, certain things that come with that? Well, here's what my thought is about that. Um, I... In a recent class, in a recent class that I was leading, the, we had the discussion about there are so many qualities of God. There are so many attributes of God. Yes. And we all have the seed of all of those attributes already within us. Yes. But for most of us, there's one or maybe two that it seems to be our personal touchstone or our personal um, lighthouse kind of thing. We're most drawn, yes. Yeah, yeah, we're most drawn to it or we find ourselves reaching out for that more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, I think it can be different. Like um, like for me, that's definitely peace, the, you know, the ultimate value or attribute is that is inner peace, the the peace that represents peace of God, peace with God, you know, in mm. in me. Mm-hmm. And that it's not about not fighting or any of that. It's about just having that sense of complete and total peace. As you sometimes talk about the Christian reference of <laughs> peace that passes all understanding. Yes. yes. And someone else in the class theirs was um, was was joy that whatever they do ultimately that's kind of the test or that's kind of the destination they're trying to get to is this sense of over, not overwhelming but deeply grounded joy yes. 
And so, you know, I think that could be love, it could be balance, it could be harmony, it could be order. I, in fact, I know someone really well that I've never asked them this question, but I know them so well that I would bet they would say that divine order, you know. Oh, that would not be me. But yes, I'm not glad me that you know somebody. Yeah, there you go. And so, um, you know, I think, I, so I think the pattern is that when each one of us yes. is experiencing that connection with whichever attribute most resonates with us. Yes. And so it's not that it would be joy for everyone or peace for everyone or balance for everyone. But if you know what yours is, that helps you know. Right. So that would be some there would be a touchstone. There would be a an emotional feeling that would parallel inner success or, you know, having that authentic inside outside success and and I think you're exactly right it wouldn't be the same thing but there would be something a measure that I could look at to be able to say okay you know I'm on the right path yeah. because I'm getting more of this feeling right because that's kind of our um our our touchstone our place is each one of us as an individual in our life that's kind of the pattern we know when that when things are right because we are feeling that. And what Ernest Holmes says, which is interesting that it links exactly with what we're talking about, is success and happiness are ours when we deal with absoluteness. This is the attitude we should have. What we need to know is the capital T truth. This does not mean that we need not be active. Of course we shall be active, but we need not compel things to happen. And that that line of what we need to know is the capital T, truth. We need to know the truth of spirit. And for me, my best test of that is do I experience peace or not peace when I'm doing that, the absolute truth of peace. Right. Or the absolute truth of joy or love or whatever value or attribute. It's like, oh, yeah, then I know. And it doesn't matter to me at that point whether someone outside of me approves or agrees or affirms. Or you're making money at it or it's bringing you, quote, unquote, external success. Right. It doesn't matter anymore. Once yes. I'm standing in right. what is abs- the absolute truth, the spiritual truth for me, then I feel successful. Now, the the challenge, of course, comes when you feel successful from the inside out, but you are not executing on meeting your your physical needs, right? So Can't the, pay the electric bill, right? And so that that can create conflict. Yes, but it's interesting about of whether or not that makes you successful. I mean, that's the question. So you may, I mean, some yeah. people would say, well, you're not successful because you are not being responsible. Right. Or you're not being independent or you are not pulling your fair share if it's a couple. And, uh, you know, and you're, you are responsible for paying these three bills and your partner or spouse is responsible for paying three other bills and you don't come up with your share of the money because 
I feel successful. I'm writing a book, <laughs> and I've written a chapter a right, day right. for the last two weeks, or the, in the last three mm-hmm. months, I've you know completed five chapters of my new book. But for the last three months, I haven't brought in the money to pay the bills, and I've agreed to that arrangement. What is that? side of life might be something, and I think that side of life is what we normally call successful, but perhaps that side of life is something in terms of, you know, responsibility or living in integrity or, you know, other words that might um, say, here, I've I've committed to this, so by, by, um, you know, finding a part-time job or, you know, doing whatever I need to do to to make that happen, then um, I'm living in congruency with what I said I would do. Yeah, and I like the word integrity. integrity. Um, and and in this the context of this conversation, that it that would be the difference for me. So I would feel successful, and I would feel out of integrity with my agreement. Right or the commitments that I have made to other people. Right. But I'm not looking toward them to judge my success as a person, as a being having a life. Right. And, you know, I think we many times, and I know with um, working with the women in the jail, we do intentions in the, uh, we do intentions every five, uh, every three or four days. We set new intentions for the next three or four days, and the intention is a big thing. Like, I want to work my program better. I want to be a better friend. I want to be more spiritual. And then under the intention, we have three practice steps. Uh And the practice steps are are action steps. They have to be action steps, and they have to be something that I can do every day. Things like say an affirmation, stop my negative thinking, replace it with an affirmation, say a prayer, start my morning with the third-step prayer something very specific that can be done that will meet the the overall intent of the intention. And one of the biggest things, and then on the back of it, we'll, we'll put it on a little um, index card, and then mm-hmm. at the end of the three days or four days, they're to write on the back how they did. And I'll read them, and I'll give them feedback. And when they're first starting them, I always see on the back, well, I, I messed this one up. I didn't, you know, I only did it one day or I only did the second practice step. I didn't do the third step. And so I give them in their feedback, oh, no, 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 that is great success. You had one day or you did one thing. And even those that say, you know, I was totally off base, didn't even do any of it. I was so aware that I, like many of them are trying to look at, you know, not gossiping. You put 64 women in a room together, they're going to be full of gossips, right? So, so, you know, not being judgmental is some of the things that they try to look at. So they said, you know, I was so aware of how much a gossip I am. I just, like, became acutely aware. I'm yeah, like, that's like, success. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How cool is that? So the awareness is success. So I think in some ways we get labeled as all or nothing. Either I've succeeded or I've failed, and we don't right. look at progress and seeing how just having an awareness or being um, – moving in the right direction is success. Yeah, and the awareness, you know, is the first step and the most important step. Um, Also, Ernest Holmes, on success, he says, um, 
Every business, every place, every person, everything has a certain mental atmosphere of its own. Mm. This atmosphere decides what is to be drawn to it. For instance, you never saw a successful man who went around with an atmosphere of failure. Mm. Successful people think about success. A successful man is filled with that subtle something which permeates everything he does with an atmosphere of confidence and strength. Right, an attitude of... So it's the awareness, the attitude, the as Holmes talked about it in the 20s, the atmosphere. Right, oh, I like that, the atmosphere. I walk around with the in the atmosphere of success. And what's nice about that is I do think that we energetically have a, you know, an energy field around us. Yes. And, you know, if I'm in living in an atmosphere of success, then that, that not only benefits me, but that benefits everyone around me in terms of being able to feel that level of energetic success or energetic joy. And, again, whatever the attribute is, and I do like that idea that it's different for all of us, but once we find it, once we, you know, understand it, then to really use it as a thermometer of it, am I going in the right direction? Am yeah. I feeling more peaceful? Right. Am I feeling more joyful? Whatever mine is. Or am I feeling less? And that can be, you know, kind of like us, you know, you're, what's that old game? You know, you're getting hotter, hotter, or <laughs> colder, colder, so you can kind of, slowly know which direction to be moving. Yeah, it becomes, yeah, it becomes the thermostat for, for, for your own perception and understanding of success. So, um, can we take a little break? <laughs> we can't, are we going to get cake during the break? I thought we were going to have cake for the well, break. Well, we we're, we're going to bring a donut. To... I didn't have time. <laughs> I think a donut would have been good. We're going to take a little break, a very, very, very short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back with some special surprises for our 150th show on Say Yes to Spirit. Call in during the show with your comments or questions. 347 850 Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and this is our 150th show. We are so excited, it's and we hope you're excited, excited. too. Yes, right. yes, so it's a perfect, <laughs> perfect show for us to be talking about success, and we do want you to share our success with us, so we have a couple of opportunities for you <clears throat> right now, and between now and the end of the show, if you dial in, or if you send an email to Tracy at ReclaimJoy.com, T-R-A-C-Y at ReclaimJoy.com, or if you dial in and have the correct answer to <laughs> one of these Trivia? questions, yes, then uh, you will be a winner on our 150th show. 
So if you know the title of Leslie's book, oh, which we've talked about on the show many times, Long time, yeah. uh, if you know the title of Leslie's book and you call in and tell us, uh, we'll send you a copy of the book, an autographed copy of there the book. There we go. And if you know the title of either of the journals that I have published, there you go. Then the same thing. If you call us and tell us, or if you um, email Tracy T R A C Y at reclaimjoy dot com for the first two people. Email or call. Right. Now, if someone calls in, then all bets are off because <laughs> they will have told you the answer. Do that. But if you email us and you're the one of the first two people, then you will be the winner. And, and what's the phone number again? The phone number to dial in is area code 347-850-1523. The current dial-in number is area code 347-850-1523. And, you know, actually, I could open the chat room and you could text the title as well. So we are going to uh, open the chat room and feel free. If you're listening online, you're sitting at your computer, it may be just as easy for you to uh, chat. That's high-tech of it all, isn't it? That's very high-tech yeah, of it all. so we'll leave the chat room open for the next 10 minutes or so, 10 or 15 minutes, while we continue to talk about our theme for this week, which is success. So um, let's talk about the success of the show. No, there you go. I mean, when we started the show... 150... And episodes 20 ago. In 2010. Did you have any idea? <laughs> well, number one, I mean, what we labeled as success was just that we had a show. I mean, you know, <laughs> when, when we did the first show, we were yep. like, okay, this is Woo! this is what success looks like. But I don't recall us ever setting a goal. No. Of even one full year. It was just kind of, well, let's do this and see where it leads. Right. Let's say yes to spirit and be yes. led by spirit. Yes, yes. And it definitely was that. I can, um, you know, it's interesting. I can easily recall that time of my life when I first met you and I first kind of had this energetic pull to to do some different things that I had been doing. And I had a real energy for that. And interestingly enough, on some levels, so much has changed in my life. I think, wow, some of the things that I thought would manifest back in the day, I've gone a different direction of that, and I could see that as not being successful. Right. Um, or I could choose to see that as the, the there was other things unfolding that I didn't even know what I didn't know kind of thing. And this show, to me, the consistency of it has been such a part of my spiritual practice. And I don't think that I understood initially starting out how significant just 
the doing of the show would be to me and the 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 practice of being reminded every few days how does this change when I say yes to spirit? What does it really mean? And so for three years to have that constant flow of that message I think has transformed me in ways that I certainly wouldn't have had the experience that I've had in my spiritual program without, or my spiritual practice without this program. Yeah, it's really interesting for me because I um, I would put the success of the show in my life in the category also of unexpected, unintentional, accidental <laughs> success, you know, which I don't believe in accidents and coincidences. I mean, accidents being, yes, under the definition of it, it was unplanned right, to happen that way. So I had a car accident. That was not planned. But the fact that I would be faced with the um, the decisions and the choices and the things that occurred, then um, that is, you know, that's in divine order. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, a, a kind of unintentional success. We're like, yeah, okay, let's go do this. It'll be fun and interesting. We'll get to know each other better. We both will get to affirm what we believe about spirituality in our lives. But more, other than that, we didn't set a goal or right. set a measure, a metric. Right. The show will be successful when. Right. Right. There was no external expectation on either of our parts, I don't think. Right. Exactly. It was very much internal. The show is successful because we show up. Right. Right. And spirit guides us and we say yes to that. And it, acts a, and it acts as a reminder to us and to people. You know, I've I've had feedback from people that I don't even really know, you know, that have listened to a show or something. I'll have a couple of people come up to me at church and have, you know, found it or something. And it's really extraordinary to, to think about just the random ripple effect of it. And I do really believe in that, that... Every action, whether it be when I'm at a stoplight or standing in line or how I live through my day, you know, there's a ripple effect of it. And the ripple effect of this show obviously goes out to places. We've had callers from, you know, Australia and Canada and also, you know, like that always freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> Still not really understanding the Internet, how that works. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a ripple effect that I that I kind of love as well. Yeah, and I I love that when, you know, we do the show live, and we've changed the time a few times, and there have been some times, days and times, that seem to draw more of a live audience than others. Um, But even, you know, it's like no matter what time or day of the week we have the show scheduled for, it's all the people that listen to the recording. Oh, right. The thousands of people every week who listen to the recording on their schedule. Yes. And it's like, wow, I don't know that I ever expected, you know, 3,000 people to listen to the show. And a few weeks ago, it was 3,000 people, you know, or 1,500 people, or, you know, in the course of a week, or some of the shows that are, you know, 
that are over a year old. So right. they've been in the archive, and people can say, oh, that's a topic I want to know about. you got to listen to the one on work. That would be the one I would pull. Don't <laughs> <laughs> think about that. You know, and so it's a measure of su- success. Mm-hmm. But when we started the show, we didn't say, oh, we want to have 500 listeners, and right. then it will be a success. Or, you know, I think initially our thought was, well, it'll be the two of us, <laughs> and if we can have two listeners, right, 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 your sister and my sister, they'll <laughs> listen in. Yay! Yes, yes. Yeah. So isn't it interesting how we can we can have success even when we don't clearly indicate what that success is. So it feels unexpected, yes. you know, like kind of icing or blessing. And we can have success that we very much determine and, and decide in advance. These are the measures of our success. And that's what we do in the workplace and mm. in our careers a right. lot. A lot. Not always, but a lot. And we need to. Or with relationships, that we do that as well with our relationships, and we say this this is how we measure the success of this relationship. Sort of external um, external touchstones versus mm-hmm. the internal touchstones. Or negotiated because it involves someone else. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just need this conversation is reminding me to expand the definition of success. And, you know, working with some um, couples, therapy over the years, I'm reminded that when you said relationships, you know, success in relationships look different for every relationship. But again, we have this kind of stereotype of what a healthy or functional relationship looks like. Well, not always. You know, different people reach different agreements of what works for them in a relationship and is successful maybe not by some sort of pre-designed, you know, external societal accepted kind of thing, but it works for those two people. Yes. And so they stay out of their business. <laughs> exactly. Work on your own stuff. <laughs> and it is fascinating, though, how, you know, you, you use the word we negotiate, and I think that's the key to here's what success looks like for us. And when we started this show, you know, we certainly really clearly just did it as a, as a, as a way to express Real, uh, real excitement about the topic. I can, I mean, I just can remember the energy of how cool is that to really focus on every turn, saying yes to spirit. If we can talk about that ourselves, if we can talk about that and engage other people in conversations about that, wow, that is a powerful, powerful, life-changing thing. And, and I think that has been a tremendous success. It's um. It really doesn't feel like 150 shows. It doesn't feel like three years. I mean, it literally feels very like a year, a year and a half, maybe. It well, there are some weeks <laughs> that feel like it's Thank you, Tracy. There you go. And then there are other weeks where it's like, <clears throat> have we been doing this 10 years? Isn't it time to stop? <laughs> Can we do something new? Um, the ritual. But today, <clears throat> the ritual of it. Yeah, today it feels like, really, 150 shows already? My goodness. So where else in where else in your life do you feel success? Don't ask me that. 
<laughs> we were having such a nice conversation. <laughs> Things were going so smoothly until we had to talk about that. That was a Wait. question for our listeners. Oh, okay, very good, very good, very good. You know, I, I, as I do, I go hot and cold. Pretty, pretty, pretty. The pendulum swings really. What do you call it? Swing like far end to end. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of swing in my feeling of success. And my in one given day, I can have. Three hours of feeling like totally in the Zen flow, complete success, and then I can have three or four hours of just, oh, life should just end now. I should just stop. It's never going to work out. So sadly, I, I, you know, I can have areas of my life that I feel very successful one minute, and strangely, the next minute, it doesn't feel as successful, which is a great indication of how the external circumstance is not the ticket. To feeling success, it's some sort of inner dialogue or inner feeling or inner belief or inner understanding. Yes, that is the trigger for success. But I, I for true success, for true success. I can say that the last week, I have reengaged in a morning meditation experience that I had unengaged in for several months after having almost three years of every morning uh, meditation at my church. So that would be a level of external success that I'm reengaging in that very important daily practice for me. I would guess that's a, a measure of both internal and external success. And I have noticed my days being more green light days, as I like to call them, things working out. And I would um, Let's say in in terms of uh, external success, I'm 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 spending more of my day in the jail and in doing the thing that I love in terms of that than I was uh, 150 episodes ago. Yeah. So that is a, is an external success. Tracy Brown, you have you have some successful things and that changed or shifted in the 150 uh, episodes in reflection. What do you see as having grown in your life? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I wasn't thinking back to in comparison to um, when we began the show, just just thinking. I was just thinking about, like, right now in my life. Because um, your whole practitioner and your spiritual counseling and coaching, that's all happened in the last 150 episodes. Time. Yeah, but you know what's interesting about that is so the title is different, and you know I'm a licensed practitioner. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, and when we started the show, I was already embodying and living. Right. So the way that I live my life and is really not uh, the motivators that drive my life are really not any different than they were. So some of the packaging, um, you know, I was teaching classes then. Well, now I'm teaching different classes. Right. So, you know, I was creating opportunities for spiritual practice, especially in my own life then. Now I'm creating that for myself and more often for Others in a network setting or in a as individual coaching clients or whatever, Um, but it's really not 
that different. The and definitely the measures the measures of success are almost exactly the same. And there's some authenticity in that. There's some you know you've had a clear a clear understanding of that who you are that internal guide that thermostat has been pretty set for you and pretty consciously chosen by you for many for years. For a while. Yes, yeah. yes. And I just checked my email, and no one has emailed yet. No one was? The title of Leslie's book or the title of one of my journals. And so the <laughs> chat room is open, and um, you can call in at area code 347 um, if you know the answer to either of those questions and celebrate our 150th show with us. You know, I thought you were going to uh, ask the question, what was my favorite word? Oh, there are just too many of those <laughs> that people could say. Yeah. It was like, no, we'd have to, like, give prizes for at least five different words. Five different Even words. Though even though I know exactly the words you're talking about. <laughs> yes, you But it depends on what past shows they've listened to, <clears throat> which word they would pick out. True um, that, true that. Because uh, you do have a couple of favorite words. I also thought about asking the uh, question of what is Leslie's favorite symbol. Oh. Um, I don't even know that. Do I have a favorite symbol? Well, <laughs> symbolism is not the right word. That's why I couldn't think. Uh-huh. Couldn't think of how to ask it without giving away the answer. Uh-huh. Um, your symbol of safety or that good is the red bird. Well, you just answered. I really can't ask. <laughs> well, finally, I knew. At least I'm, I'm pleased that I knew the answer to my own, to your own <laughs> my own trivia question. Yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. But they, people would have had to really been listening for a long time or had listened to the archives to know, to be successful in getting an answer. <laughs> oh, now there's an uh, interesting definition of success, that there there comes things in our life, that there's a right answer and a wrong answer. Well, we, we're taught that in school, at yes, least. Yes, And yes. our parents teach us yes, that. Yes. If you do this, you're right and good. If you do this other thing, you're wrong and or bad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're socialized that way. Right, right. And we're also often tested that way. You know, I, I used to love to watch the newlywed game. <laughs> I would ask the questions, you know, what's her favorite food? What time does he go to bed? And, you know, these kind of routine questions that you would think you would know of your partner. And it was fascinating to watch how little people knew about each other and the effect of, you know, quote-unquote failing that test, not being successful at knowing my partner. You know, the effect I often thought, man, couples have to be really secure to even go on that show. Or what's the divorce rate after they leave that show? That would be. That's what I used to always wonder like uh, we agree to go on this show and we have confidence that we know each other and then we get like a total score of 10. <laughs> That's it. And, yeah, when we are leaving the show, like are we leaving the show going directly to divorce court? <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Um, 
The but you would you would watch some of the couples that it would just be funny, right? Yes. But their competitive drive would then kick in. We want to win, <laughs> and then they'd be mad at each other. <laughs> How could you miss that? <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, okay, it's just a game. People. I just love that show. Yeah. What if we looked at life and said, okay, it's just a game, people? Oh, you know, I say that a lot, and I have people that get really offended by that. And I do believe, and I think it's interesting, and I can't remember his name. I wish I had written it down. But it, he is going to be on Oprah's Soul Series tomorrow. They, they've been promoting it all week, and he's supposed to be the new the new, new thought guy. And um, so I'm going to have to find his name, because he, and he sounded very young. And, and in the brief promo that she had for him, he said something that I that I would like to say I have said for years and years and years, uh, that, you know, that there there is no failure. There is no mistake. There's no way not to succeed. Basically, you know, everything is geared towards our success. And life is, is absolutely, you know, just, I don't think he used the word game, but it's, it's ultimately all good. It, whatever is happening right here, right now, it's good. And it was really interesting to hear him say that, and I, I'm really going to take the time to try to go back and listen because I can't listen live tomorrow to the Soul Series. But it really will, it, 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 if we all had that active, if I activated that belief, which I so strongly have the belief, if I activated it, that there's no such thing as not successful, there's no such thing as, as being not in the flow, even when I'm feeling completely out of the flow, I'm in the flow. Right. That is a part of me experiencing the contrast right. and making a choice about where I want to go next or what, I, or how I want to experience whatever is actually happening. Right. Whatever I'm experiencing does not distract from what actually is happening. Just because I'm not experiencing it doesn't mean it's not happening. And I think that's the thing that I... Really, you know, it's my remembering it. It's my awareness of it. It's my, it's my uh, being open to it. It's not that it changes. Right. I change. I come back and forth. Well, success. Success. <laughs> we have successfully gotten through its 150th show. All right. We have completed the 150 shows, and we hope that you um, enjoy. We have just enough time to hear a caller who I'm sure is going to share with us the title of one of our books. All right. Area Code 5110, thanks for being with us. Do you have the answer to the question? Yes, I do. Hi, this is Willa, and I'm calling to congratulate you both to your 150th episode. I've just discovered you. I will be listening in the future. And the title is Reclaim Your Joy. Oh, Reverend Willa, Barbara Johnson <laughs> wins a journal. Awesome. Yay. Hey, and we're out of time for today's show, so thanks, everybody, awesome. for joining us. And until we connect again... Say yes to spirit. Yes.
Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, dang, dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da -dum, da -dum, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.